Well, hey there, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And let me start out today's podcast by saying happy Groundhog Day. And yeah, I know that Groundhog Day isn't a federal holiday and it's not an important day in the life of the church, but it did inspire a classic Bill Murray movie, and that movie helped set the backdrop for this episode's sermon. And that's because even though none of us have ever had to relive the exact same day over and over and over again, we've all gotten stuck in a rut and felt like we were living our own version of a Groundhog Day. So in this episode sermon, we're going to be talking about why that is and what we can learn to help us get ourselves out of those Groundhog Days. So let's listen to this episode sermon. Well, today is February 2nd, and on February 2nd every year, the eyes of America turn to a little town in Pennsylvania that's about an hour and a half outside of Pittsburgh. That town is called Punxsutawney. And the eyes of America turn to Punxsutawney on February 2nd every year because Punxsutawney is home to one of the most famous rodents in America, a groundhog named Phil. And every year on February 2nd, Phil emerges from his hibernation to deliver a weather forecast for us. But unlike those silly TV meteorologists who have to rely on the latest technology to try to predict the weather, Phil's old winter, and if not, it's a sign that spring is coming. Now, Phil usually pops out of his burrow about 7 o'clock in the morning, and since it's about 11 o'clock now, Phil has made his prediction for this year. And I've heard that he didn't see a shadow, so spring is coming, but I don't know for sure. I've been a little bit busy. I haven't been able to verify Phil's weather forecast. But the truth of the matter is, I really don't care what Phil's weather forecast is because I've never paid much attention to a groundhog and his weather predictions. The truth of the matter is, I didn't actually even know there was such a day as Groundhog Day until that Bill Murray movie came out in the early 90s. It's the first I ever heard that there was such a thing as Groundhog Day. And you remember the movie Groundhog Day, right? It's a classic. Well, in the movie, Bill Murray, he plays a character by the name of Phil Connors. And Phil Connors is a weatherman for a TV station in Pittsburgh. But Phil is sent to Punxsutawney to cover the Groundhog Day festivities in this movie. And let's just say that Phil isn't very happy about his Groundhog Day assignment. So as the movie begins, he half-heartedly covers the story so that he can leave Punxsutawney as quickly as he possibly can. But a blizzard hits the town before... Phil Connors can make it out. So he's stuck there overnight. Well, the next morning, Phil wakes up in his hotel room. He hits the alarm clock, but he finds out that it's still February 2nd. And he has to relive all of Groundhog Day again. And this goes on over and over and over again throughout the morning, or throughout the movie. Now, obviously, Groundhog Day is a movie, and none of us are ever going to have to relive the exact same day of our life over and over and over again for years on end. But even though this story of Groundhog Day, this movie, is a complete work of fiction, it has kind of felt like we've been living in our own version of a Groundhog Day at Melbourne Heights over the last couple of years. Ever since we made that difficult decision to sell this property at the end of 2017, it 
kind of has felt like we've been stuck in the same place. And a lot of us sitting here in this room this morning have wondered if the sale of this property was ever going to happen. Now, clearly, all of that's been changing over the last couple of weeks as we've reached a principal agreement on the sale of this property. But it still makes you wonder, why? Why did it take us so long to get to this point? And that makes me think back to the movie Groundhog Day. Bill Murray's character is stuck in his Groundhog Day, reliving that same day over and over and over again until he reaches a big milestone moment in his life. And in spite of everything else that he tries over the course of this movie, from learning the piano to mastering ice sculpting, none of it matters. Nothing can help him escape his Groundhog Day until he reaches a point where he is actually content with his life. That's the point of the movie, is he has to reach a point of contentment in his life where it doesn't matter if he moves on from Groundhog Day or not. But that was Hollywood's lesson for Bill Murray. And even though it's a good lesson, I don't think it's why we've been living in our own version of a Groundhog Day as a church. So if the movie Groundhog Day can't help us out here, then what can help us understand why it's taken us so long to get to the point that we're at as a church? Well, to answer that question, I'm reminded of the story of another group of people who experienced their own version of a Groundhog Day, and that's the people of Israel. The people of Israel were stuck in their own version of a Groundhog Day for 40 years as they wandered in the wilderness waiting to be able to enter into the Promised Land. Now think about that for just a minute. The people of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. So for 40 years, the people of Israel ate the same food, which was manna that fell from the heavens. For 40 years, the people of Israel were drinking the same water. For 40 years, the people of Israel, they were camping in the exact same places. For 40 years, the people of Israel were stuck. And they were stuck in that place for a reason. Now I also want you to remember that the people of Israel are the very same people who were wandering in the wilderness waiting to enter the promised land. These are the exact same people that witnessed some of the greatest miracles that our world has ever seen. When God so that he would free the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt. The people of Israel saw God do that. They saw God send ten plagues on Egypt that convinced Egypt's Pharaoh, their king, to let the people of Israel go. And later on, when the people of Israel had been set free, they come to the Red Sea. And as they stand on the shore on the banks of the Red Sea, they're caught between that proverbial rock and a hard place. They have the Red Sea on one side of them, and they have the Egyptian army that is coming up behind them, trying to recapture them and drag them back into Egypt. And as they're standing in this proverbial, between these rock and this hard spot, the people of Israel see God act. They see God part the Red Sea so that they can go walking through on dry land. And not long after that, the people of Israel, as they are wandering in the wilderness, they find that they're running low on food. So they start complaining that God isn't taking care of them. And how does God respond to their complaints? Well, the people of Israel see God drop food for them every night from the sky. 
so they'll have enough to make it through the next day. And then, when the people of Israel get tired of eating that food, that manna that is falling from the skies, and they complain about not having any meat in their lives, what does God do? Well, the people of Israel see God send so many quail to them that it is literally coming up past their knees. And those are just some of the miracles that the people of Israel saw. They also saw God lead them as a pillar of fire at night and as a cloud during the day. They also saw God send them fresh water to drink that came out of a rock. They saw God heal venomous snake bites that were happening inside of their camp by telling the people to look up at a snake that was lifted up on a pole. So over and over and over again, the people of Israel saw God at work. But over and over and over again, the people of Israel continued to wonder, is God still with us? Is God still with us? Sure. Sure, they could believe that God was with them. It was easy to believe that God was with them when God sent the ten plagues upon Egypt that set them free. But that didn't keep them from wondering if God was still with them when they were trapped by the shores of the Red Sea. And yeah, it was easy for them to believe that God was with them when God parted those waters at the Red Sea, but it didn't stop them from wondering if God was still with them when they were going hungry in the wilderness. And yeah, it was easy to believe that God was with them when the manna fell from the sky for the first time and they were fed the very next day, but that didn't keep them from wondering if God was still with them the next time they ran into a little bit of trouble. And all of this comes to a head. The very first time that the people of Israel are standing on the outside, just outside of the promised land. Now God has led them out of Egypt. God has led them through the wilderness. God has led them to the banks of the Jordan River. They have to cross the Jordan to get into the promised land. And God has done all of this. Led them out of Egypt. Led them through the wilderness. Led them to the banks of the Jordan River within no more than two years' time. But when the people of Israel, when they arrive at the banks of the Jordan, they keep wondering, is God still with us? So in the book of Numbers, in the book of Numbers we're told this incredible story where God himself tells Moses, who's the leader of the Israelites at the time, to send 12 spies out into this land that God has promised them. And God specifically tells Moses to do this because God has already promised them. God has already given them this land. But when these 12 spies come back, 10 of them aren't really sure if God is still with them. 10 of them aren't convinced. They tell Moses and they tell the rest of the people of Israel that, yeah, everything is really nice in the promised land. It's, it's flowing with milk and honey and it has grapes that are as big as your fist. It's nice there. But, it's not all sunshine and rainbows over in the promised land. They saw. They saw that the land that they were going to enter into was already inhabited. They saw that the people that lived there had already built huge fortified cities. They saw that it was going to be hard for the Israelites to go in and invade and conquer this land. So even though God had promised the people of Israel that land, they refused to enter into it. Because they weren't sure if God was still with them. And it's because of their doubts. It's because of their doubts that God told them that no one in that entire generation 
would live to enter into the promised land. So they spent 40 years in their own version of a Groundhog's Day wandering in the wilderness because no matter how many times God had shown them that He was still with them, people of Israel just weren't convinced. But 40 years later, that all changes. 40 years later, that all changes for the descendants of the Israelites who came out of Egypt. And in the book of Joshua, the people of Israel, they are finally able to enter into the promised land. And I want you to see how this story begins. So go ahead and grab your Bible with me and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And like I've already said, this story takes place as the Israelites have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And now, now they are on the verge of entering into the promised land. So their proverbial groundhog day, it's almost over. And in Joshua chapter 1, we're going to see why it's finally come to an end. So Joshua chapter 1, we'll start reading in verse 1. Here's what it says. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Nun's son. He had been Moses' assistant. My servant Moses is dead. Now get ready to cross over the Jordan with the entire people to the land that I'm going to give to the people of Israel. I am giving you every place where you set your foot, exactly as I promised to Moses. Your territory is going to stretch from the desert and the Lebanon as far as the great Euphrates River, including all the Hittite land up to the Mediterranean Sea on the west. And no one will be able to stand up against you during your lifetime. I will be with you in the same way that I was with Moses. I won't desert you. I won't leave you. So be brave and strong. Because you are the ones, you are the one who will help this people take possession of the land, which I pledge to give to their ancestors. Be very brave and strong as you carefully obey all of the instruction that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't deviate even a bit from it, either to the right or to the left. Then you will have success wherever you go. So never stop speaking about this instruction scroll. Recite it day and night so that you can carefully obey everything written in it. And then you will accomplish your objectives, and you will succeed. I've told you. I've commanded you to be brave and strong, haven't I? Don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It took the people 40 years. It took the people of Israel 40 years to learn it. But they finally were able to enter into the promised land because they finally knew that God is with you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go go. God was with the people of Israel when Egypt's Pharaoh released them from their slavery. But the people of Israel also learned that God had been with them the entire time they had been enslaved. And God was with the people of Israel when they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. But God was also there with them when they were stuck on the banks of that river, trapped between the water and the, uh, the, the coming of Pharaoh's army. God was with them. When manna fell from the heavens to give them their daily bread. But the people of Israel finally realized that God was also with them when they were hungry too. And that's what the people of Israel needed to learn 
to bring their version of a Groundhog Day to an end. They needed to know that God was not just with them in the good times. God was with them all the time. God never left the people of Israel. God never deserted the people of Israel. God never turned His back on the people of Israel. God was always with them. And God's been teaching us that same lesson around here, too. Because, let's just be honest this morning. When we had to make the decision to sell this building, the building that this church, that has been our church for 60 years, it kind of felt like we'd failed. It kind of felt like we had failed as a church. It felt like we hadn't been who God has called us to be. It felt like we hadn't been doing what God had called us to do. And because it kind of felt like we had failed, it made all of us wonder, is God still with us? But time and time and time again, over the last couple of years, God has shown us that He hasn't turned His back on us. God has shown us that He hasn't left us. God has shown us that He hasn't forsaken us. Time and time and time again, God has shown us that He's still God has shown us that. God's shown us that. Think about it. Over the last couple of Christmases alone, this church, our church has provided toys and clothing and other needs for over 150 kids in our community. Over 150 kids who are in need in our community. We've done that over the last two years after it felt like we were a failure. What does that show me? It shows me that we haven't failed. It shows me that God is still with us. And over the last couple of years, when Easter has rolled around and we've taken up our collection to help out the Cabbage Patch House, something that we'll be doing uh, in, uh, starting in the next few weeks, but when we've taken up this collection, a collection that helps stock their pantry with household items and goods for up to six months out of the year, yeah, what does that tell me? It tells me that we haven't failed. It tells me that God is still with us. Or when our Habitat for Humanity when that build has happened over the last few years. And we've not only met, but we've exceeded our financial pledge to help build that Habitat for Humanity house, and we've sent more than a handful of people to help construct it. What does that show us? It shows us that we haven't failed. It shows us that God is still with us. And that's not all. God has also shown us that He's still with us when the last purchase agreement that we had in place on this property fell through. And even though we weren't sure, we didn't know how we were going to be able to make ends meet when that deal fell through, God has constantly been there, making sure that we've always had enough financial resources that we can keep moving forward to get us to this day. And God has shown us that He's still with us even after we realized that we weren't going to be able to find a permanent property to move into right after the sale of this building is finalized. And we had to move on to another plan instead. And God has shown us that He's still with us as we've sat in a little bit of a rut over the last couple of years, reliving the same Groundhog Day over and over and over again. God has shown us that He's still with us. He hasn't turned His back on us. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't left us behind. God is still with us. But we're kind of like the people of Israel. We needed to learn that lesson over and over and over again. 
So now, we're ready. We're ready for this Groundhog Day to come to an end. We're ready for the same reason that the people of Israel were finally ready to enter into the Promised Land. The people of Israel were ready to enter into the Promised Land because once they knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God was with them no matter what, they were finally ready to be bold and courageous, to be strong and courageous. And they were ready to face whatever might come their way. The last couple of years have shown us that God is always with us. And just like that revelation strengthened the faith of the people of Israel so that they could face whatever was waiting on the other side of the Jordan River, whatever was waiting for them as they entered into the Promised Land, God has shown us, God has strengthened our faith too. God has been working the last couple of years to make you strong. God has been working over the last couple of years to make your faith strong so that you know that God is with you so that you can stand with God no matter where He leads. God has made us strong enough to face whatever the future holds for us on the other side of our transition. God has made us strong enough to keep chasing after Him no matter what we run into. God has made us strong enough to keep on sharing His good news and seeing lives be changed by it. So whether you've realized it or not, God's been making you stronger. God's been making your faith stronger too. So now that we stand on the verge of our own version of the promised land, we're ready. We're ready because we know that God is with us. And when God is with us, there's nothing that we have to fear. We can be strong and follow God wherever He leads. Let's pray together. God, You know that the last couple of years around this church have not always been easy for us. God, You know that there have been times along the way where we have all asked that question. Is God still with us? But God, time and time again, over and over and over again, You have shown us that You haven't left us, that You haven't turned Your back on us, that You haven't given up on us, that You're still with us. And God, my prayer is that that lesson has sunk deeply into all of our souls. So that we know that no matter what the future holds for us, that we can step bravely and confidently and courageously, that we can step out in strength, trusting that You will be with us to guide us along the way, to lead us exactly where You want us to be. So God, as we move closer to this time of transition in the life of this church, let us be strong. Let us be confident. Let us be courageous with the knowledge that You are with us. And if You are with us, God, there's nothing for us to fear. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. And as you've listened, I hope that you haven't just been inspired to go out and watch a Bill Murray movie. 
but I hope you've also learned that God is always with you. God is with you in the best of times and God is with you in the worst of times. And the truth is, God is with you all the time. So be bold and strong and follow God wherever God wants to take you. Now in our next episode, we're going to keep exploring and keep working our way through the book of Joshua. And next week, we're going to pick up in the story as the people of Israel actually cross the Jordan River and enter into the Promised Land. And we'll talk about how they were able to do that. Now that episode will drop next Sunday afternoon. And if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Now I'll be praying for you this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.